Thanks for tuning in to our Cypress Church podcast. To learn more about our church, visit our website at cypresschurch.net and join us for our Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes for more. Good morning. Merry Christmas and a happy Vestember. I noticed that in the first service, there was a lot more people wearing their Christmas vests. And I don't think I see any. Oh, Mark's got one on. There you go. We got one. I got one in the service. One follower to this new tradition of wearing a vest in December. Okay, well, what's that? You have one? Oh, good. Okay, there's. Oh, hey. There's a whole row here. Okay, my heart is glad. No, anyways, funny little thing, but it's fun. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. So how are your Christmas preparations going? Doing well? Excellent. That's, that's good. That's good. Anybody not started yet at all? Yeah, a few of you. That's same thing for a series. Well, Christy and I, my wife and I, are uh, working on our gift lists. Um, and, you know, don't you just love the, the fun of Christmas and all the different things that are involved in that? And, oh, you know, the baking and stuff like that. Christy made her famous, we call it goop bread last night. <laughs> so good. But we're working on our, our Christmas gift list. And and it's, it's actually expanded because now we have seven grandchildren. And, uh, and so we're excited about that. And I, and I, I can't, and I, I love the stocking part of it. That's always been my favorite part with my kids and then with the grandkids. And I, I rarely do things ordinarily. Um, and so uh, I decided that uh, I was going to fill our, give our grandkids a, a real stocking. Um, I know you're thinking... How crazy are you? Yeah, that's my, and I didn't realize that it, you know, it takes a lot to fill this thing. Um, but, but we use a lot of blow up toys and stuff like that. So it takes up a lot of room. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love putting together and, and, and I love it. And it's, and yes, we need to save all year for that, but it's, it's fun. One of the reasons I want to go through the hassle of sacrificing so Christmas is fun and creative and, and a positive memory is because Christmas, um, for me, was, was not so much a happy time growing up. Uh, see, for me, uh, when I was younger, Christmas was <clears throat> full of anxiety and, and hurt and, and fear and, and struggle. I actually, I hated Christmas growing up because um, at Christmas time, my dad's uh, drinking would increase and, and get worse and he would do some horrible things. Uh, fights between my parents would escalate, and it was awful and, and violent, and, and so much tension that joy was absent and love was really fleeting. And so long after my folks split up, and I was actually glad they did because of that, but um, I still would cringe at Christmas time until, until I, I came to faith in Jesus and received that great gift all wrapped up in Jesus, that Jesus came to deal with our sin problem. I'm, I'm sure you're aware, I mean, you flip on the news, you listen to what's going on, that humanity has a problem, yeah? I mean, we see it every day. Uh, our humankind are not perfect. Now, I know the person next to you is probably practically perfect, 
but, 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 but maybe you not so much or maybe those around you. But we have a problem. The Bible calls it sin, and we've all been affected by it, and, and we act out according to the, uh, that. But it has some grave consequences to it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2 puts it this way. But your iniquities, your sins, have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And this separation holds us back uh, from, from experiencing uh, uh, our reservation for heaven. It, it holds us back from being who we're created to be, and it holds us back from connecting and interacting with God. But, or until, Jesus came to change all that. And that's why we celebrate his birth, because we know what he does. There is life change in Jesus, filled with hope and joy and love and peace that we've been talking about all Advent season, all anticipating his arrival as we celebrated on Christmas. And see, I didn't fully understand this loving sacrifice when I had made that initial decision of faith, when I initially realized that I was sinful and needed a Savior. It, it came as I put effort into interacting with all of who Jesus is and the loving sacrifice he gave for me. It's like, it's like, Christmas, it's like gifts at Christmas, when we receive this Christmas, let me, let, me, uh, let me illustrate. I have a gift for someone right here. Ah, and I just, uh, um, I'm going to get over this. <laughs> I have a gift for you, Valerie. Is that okay? Would you like it? Okay. She, she said yes, that's good. Now, what does she need to do to take in this gift? She needs to receive it. Yeah, we talked about this last week. So, Valerie, here it is for you. And now what's the next thing she needs to do? Open it, open, 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 open. Okay, just rip. Yeah, you guys, don't do the bow, just rip. There, yeah. there it is, there we go, yeah. Okay, woo-woo. Okay, and it is a, what? A fun little basket. Oh, yeah. There's some chocolates and stuff like that. But there's something else in there. I want you to turn around and kind of open this little part right here if you can. Can you, kind of this little tape there, just open it up. Now, I would let her do this at home, but I want you all to see it. Yeah, help. Yeah, help. Anybody have a knife? Oh, there it is. There it is. There's a little card in there. Anyway, take it out right there. Oh, look, it's a little gift certificate. Yeah. And it says here uh, to pamper yourself by what it actually is. It's a $50 gift certificate for little Manny Petty for you. And I like it. So, yeah. Now, you guys kind of get the, the... Thanks, Valerie, for letting me embarrass you like that, but God bless you for the gift, right? You're all thinking. Uh, but, you know, you, you guys get the, um, the, the, the illustration here. With this gift that God has given us in Christ, this amazing gift wrapped up in a little baby, but yet so much more for what he does and shows us how to connect with God and pays a penalty for our sins on the cross. And, and yet we know that we get that. We need to receive this gift. But not just receive the gift. We need to interact with the gift. We need to, we need to open it up and, 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 and kind of rifle through this gift to see what is in there. And there's some fun chocolates and cookies, but, oh, man. You know, if she had just gone, oh, look, nice gift basket. I'll just re-gift that. And not looked inside and saw the, the $50 gift, uh, gift uh, certificate to do some nails and have some fun just enjoying uh, uh, that moment. Uh, she would have never experienced that. It's, it's the same way with, with Jesus. We need to receive him. And, and, and I got that Jesus saved me. I got that. But, 
But there is so much more to this gift that comes when we interact with Jesus. We are changed and changed for the better. Uh, And if you're searching, maybe you haven't come to the place in your life yet where you have even received the gift, or maybe you haven't really interacted much with the gift. Well, let me encourage you this Christmas time to take some moments to really open up Christ, understanding who he is and what he's done for us. And if we can help you in that, that's why we've uh, given out these other little uh, next step gift gift um, packets. There's not a $50 gift card in here, so... But there is great information about how you can grow in your walk with God and how you can come to that realization of receiving this gift. And so I encourage you at the end of the service, there'll be out different doors. People will have them. You can grab one of these, and I encourage you to take it home and read it and let that soak in. If Certainly, if you haven't received the gift, make that opportunity. I, I, I encourage you with that. For me, it was the loving sacrifice of Jesus <clears throat> squeezing himself into the tininess of a human yet still being God. But not only that, but the loving sacrifice of going to the cross. The cross is a very powerful symbol in our faith. We wear it as an ornament, but really it's a, it's a, a symbol of a style of death. It's an execution reality. But we have them in our church to remind us of the loving sacrifice Jesus gave to us, that he was willing to go to the cross on our behalf and to sacrifice himself. This loving sacrifice that we see in Jesus was also seen in his parents, Mary and Joseph. And we can learn from them as we seek to embrace the the life-changing reality of Christmas and be able to encourage and and be encouraged to foster that life-changing reality of Jesus with others. Mary and Joseph give us four opportunities of sacrifice to give life-changing gifts this Christmas. And so, The reality is loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts. So we're going to look at that this morning. And so if you wouldn't mind sitting aside your Bibles for a moment and standing up with me, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much just for the great gift that Jesus is to us and really what that means. Lord, may we, even this morning, open up a little more and unpack a little more about what this incredible gift means to us. Lord, we know it includes loving sacrifice. That's what you did, Jesus. That's what Mary and Joseph did. And I pray as we learn about this this morning, or maybe some lights will go on and you'll challenge us with whatever you'd like to challenge us with. Holy Spirit, do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage it. Take out of your worship folder that you received when you came in. It has that card that Victor talked about and those invites that Victor talked about and and that. And there's an outline inside there. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen behind me, but if you're using our app or online. You can just click the box and it will fill in for you. And you can also type in your notes from there as well. I also want to encourage you to um, uh, pick up one of our uh, study guides uh, there in the back table out in the lobby area and a resource uh, desk right there. Uh, This is a great, gives all the extra verses that I mentioned as we walk along. And there's some great ways of studying uh, to further the study and encourage you to pick that up and, and grab that. So why don't you take your Bibles and open up to, we're looking at two passages today, one in Luke and one in Matthew. The first one is found in Luke chapter one. If you don't have a Bible, our wonderful ushers are coming down the aisle. They would love to put a Bible in your hand, a, a loner. Just wave at them. They'd be happy to get it to you. You can use it while our time in our service here and then just leave it on your seat when we're done. But let's, let's first turn to this uh, first passage in Luke chapter one. We look in verses 26 to thirty. 
8. But, but this whole Christmas story starts with a young couple, Mary and Joseph, living back some 2,000 years ago in a city called Nazareth, a city in the north region of Galilee, uh, over in the Holy Land, over in the Middle East. Uh, but that city of Nazareth um, didn't have so great a re- reputation in Jesus' time. It was said actually in John chapter 1, verse 46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't know if you know a city like that, but, but it's, sometimes we wonder, and, and they wondered about Nazareth. But Mary and Joseph were from there. They were betrothed which means that they had been chosen by their parents or maybe community leaders, uh, that these two would be a good match. Uh, it was some like, somewhat like being engaged and yet more of a, a legal marriage, uh, yet with no benefits and, and yet not living together. Now, we're not sure of their age. Um, Mary was most li- likely 15 or 16. Joseph, uh, much older. But, but we don't know. But what we do know is that they believed in God and they were both from the line, the ancestry of David, the King David. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 16, uh, gives proof of Joseph's ancestry. Uh, Luke 3, verses 23 to 38, gives Mary's heritage. And both are significant to reveal that Jesus then is in line, in the line of David, the rightful king, qualified to be Messiah. And the Bible prophesied about this in, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 to 16, and in Isaiah 11, verse uh, 1, Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. All these are prophecies that Messiah would come from the line of David. And Jesus meets that. Now, Mary and and Joseph were enjoying life and faith, uh, expecting and excited about the day that they would get married and start a family. Until. Until they were both called to make some huge sacrifices. Sacrifice meaning a willing choice to give up or offer something that equates a loss of some kind. And Mary and Joseph made some significant sacrifices. And these sacrifices are a foreshadow of Jesus' sacrifice, but also leaving us an example to follow, giving us these four opportunities for sacrifice to give life-changing gifts this Christmas. So let's first look at Mary's loving sacrifice. It's there in that passage. Hopefully you've turned to to Luke chapter 1. We'll look at Mary's story in Luke and and Joseph's story in Matthew. But Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we'll first start out on this first. uh, Mary gives us two examples of sacrifice that we would follow. The first is the sacrifice of self to believe God. So let's look at this verse, verses uh, 26 to 36, 37. It says here, in, in the sixth month, and on the sixth month, meaning the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancies. Elizabeth is Mary's uh, relative, and Elizabeth was struggling. She was barren for many, many years. She's very old, and yet God blessed them with a child. So in the sixth month of that child's uh, uh, um, being baked. <laughs> uh, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is her sixth month to which, which she was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Wow. Uh, what an experience this must have been. And it was very rare. There had not been any kind of miraculous connection with God for some 400 years. How would you react if your teenage daughter said she had a visitation from an angel and that she was miraculously pregnant? You might look directly at her long-term boyfriend with one eyebrow raised. It would be tough to believe. It was the same then. See, culturally and biblically, Mary and Joseph were expected to remain virgins until their wedding night. And like most all young couples, they look forward to that day and starting a family. I see Crystal over here. You're, you're engaged, aren't you? Are, you? are you, you know, ho-hum about your wedding day? Yeah, no, you are so excited. I mean, she's posting places. I got the place, the venue. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you, but I just saw your beaming face there. Um, Mary and Joseph looked forward to that. They were excited about that. And her love for Joseph was growing. <clears throat> I mean, yes, they were betrothed. Now, we, we don't understand that very much. But yet in that day, in that time, it was very customary for parents and, and older, wiser people to say these two would make a good match. And they grew to love each other. But not only that, they, they had dreams and expectations and were continuing to grow. Most likely, Mary saw other couples walking uh, through this process of being betrothed and waiting for marriage and in their tight community and getting excited about what was ahead until this. God was asking her to sacrifice her dreams, her expectations, and simply believe in him. It was a huge ask. And she knew the cost and yet was willing to place her trust in God and sacrifice her dreams. How was she able to make a sacrifice like that? I mean, we know of all the blessings of her sacrifice. She did not at that time. See, we live in a time when we do honor some sacrifices like people in the military and first responders. Yet when it comes to life, 
we'd really rather have no real sacrifices. We tend to want instant food without the sacrifice of home cooking. We want instant knowledge without the sacrifice of, of the rigors of learning and study. We want deep relationships and good marriages without the sacrifice of, of building those relationships and going through the ups and downs that are normal in relationships. Now, we want vibrant faith without the sacrifice of self or the hard work of study. But see, sacrifice is a key element in the amazing life God has for us. So where, where do we start? It starts with the choice to serve God. Write down somewhere in your notes, uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, the first part of that. Really, I'd love you to read the whole chapter because it says in here in Joshua 24, 15, that first part of that verse, it says, choose this day whom you will serve. See, Moses had led the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt into the wilderness, and they wandered some 40 years. They wandered. You know what's amazing about that story? Their shoes never wore out. It's true. It's right there in Scripture. But they wandered for 40 years, and then they were time to head into the promised land. And God had, told, uh, had, had challenged Joshua to take them in. So he did. Being brave and strong, he led the people through the promised land and the conquest and settling in. And life was good for Israel, a land flowing with milk and honey, with, with great produce, and their, their cattle increased, their crops increased. And it, life was good. And Joshua, as he's about to depart, the Lord said, your time is done. He challenges them. He comes before them and he says, here's how to keep this going. If you want to truly have success in life, you need to choose this day, each day, whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers, you serve the gods your forefathers did back beyond in Egypt or serve the Lord. And he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, it's a daily choice to serve God, sacrificing our will for his. What is the will of God? All through Scripture, as you interact and, and interact with Scripture and who Jesus is, those will come. Let me just give you three very quickly one is the, to love the Lord, uh, your God, and to love others. That's the will of God for you is to love, the Lord, to love God and to love others. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Another one is to do good. Ephesians 2, 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's, it's, it's God's will for our life to be a blessing wherever we go, to contribute, to, to have a part in, to participate in, to, to bring about goodwill to everybody. Not only that, we're to follow Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus says, here's the will of God, to take up your cross, that, that idea of self-sacrifice, and to follow him. For when we start sacrificing self, that loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts. Uh, Mary is also an example in the sacrifice of surrender in serving God. Look at the last verse of our little passage here about Mary, verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. After hearing all this, nothing is impossible for God, verse 37, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your, your word. And the angel departed from her. See, Mary knew what this choice would bring. Shame, exclusion, ridicule, doubt. It may even end her potential marriage. And certainly, 
her hopes and her dreams. And yet she said, let it be to me according to your word. See, it's going to cost something to serve the Lord. It's going to mean less money for self. Because we are to reflect the generosity of God and follow his commands and, and give and be generous. Uh, Jesus was clear as, it was, as he was quoted in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a great thing to practice this Christmas. There will also be the sacrifice of time, meaning less time for self, because we now add into our life what God wants from us. Things like taking time to know Jesus more, to love our neighbors more, to attend church more regularly, to to volunteer. And that will mean a sacrifice, a, 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 a surrender to serving God. You know, um, my son Josh, when he was a young boy, he still is now an incredible athlete. Um, he was playing soccer, and every team he was on, he accelerated, accelerated. And I, I know I'm a dad bragging about my son. But it was true. That kid could run like the wind. He was a midfielder, if you know soccer, and, uh, and he would run the course of the field. And many times, he would beat the forwards to the ball. If you know soccer, you know that's a, quite a interesting feat when he's down by the opposing goalie. Uh, but, but he had great potential, and he actually got um, selected to be on the elite soccer team. That was something by invitation only. You had to try out for it. He did, and he made it. And this elite soccer team, they were incredible. They practiced way more hours than normal soccer, and they had plenty of games, not only all about the state, but in other states, and even they would go to, to other places in the world. And we, uh, uh, we now heard the cost of what this thing was going to take, not only the monetary cost, but the time. And I was excited about it because <clears throat> my boy's in elite soccer. <laughs> and I like that feeling. I really like that feeling. And to think this kid might have the chance to even go far beyond what we thought because he's so talented. But then Christy and I began to talk about what this would mean, that Josh probably would never go to church on Sunday that he'd be gone a lot from us and from uh, his church family. And we realized, you know what? Um, We're going to sacrifice the self and the pride of having him go there and the potential of what it could be and say it's just not worth it. And I've wondered sometimes if I had made the right choice, if we'd made the right choice. Because, you know, I wanted a son uh, that I could brag about like that. But look at him now as an amazing pastor, an amazing man of God, an incredible husband and father, and I couldn't be prouder. The sacrifice paid off. See, when we sacrifice self and put Jesus in that seat of authority of our lives, he will guide us. The disciples were in the same boat in Matthew chapter 6. They were worried about life where they should go, how they should manage. And Jesus says this to them in Matthew 6, 33. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you worry about will be added unto you. We put in the right place. Now, we may not have to give up as much as Mary, but there is a sacrifice in choosing God's path. Is he worth it? It transforms Mary's life. 
and it can each of ours too. For loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts. Well, now let's look at, at Jesus' stepdad, Joseph, and Joseph's loving sacrifice. Joseph gives us two more examples of sacrifice. The next is a sacrifice of embracing shame to love another. Flip over, you're in Luke now. So uh, go back west to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. No doubt this whole reality of Mary being pregnant and them not married brought shame. There has never been or will be another immaculate conception. And of course, Mary and Joseph's parents and the their neighborhood, their community, all thought Mary had been sleeping around. Or at least these two did not wait until marriage, both violating God's law. And Joseph, being a good godly leader, sought to do, sought to deal with this because he knew this child was not his. He was most likely heartbroken, probably felt betrayed, and yet not out of vengeance, nor to bring more shame on Mary. Joseph sought the only solution he knew was to quietly end this relationship. But God showed up and said, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Why was it worded that way? To not fear. would be the risk if Joseph took Mary as his wife? Well, maybe the shame would shift now to him because it would be seen he now was owning up to his mistake, which to me is an incredible godlike sacrifice to embrace shame to love another. But that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross, when he was nailed up to that cross, all the sin of humanity was dumped on him. He felt the shame. He experienced the shame. So much so that, that, that God turned his back on him. Isaiah 53 verse 5 puts it this way. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus took our shame, paid the ultimate cost, died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day saying that he had taken care of sin. But how could Joseph 
make that sacrifice, to take on Mary's shame, to shield Mary from the shame that she would personally have. It was a choice of love. See, love is a choice to act towards someone in a loving way. If you want a biblical definition of love, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. It says, love is patient, love is kind, not jealous, does not seek its own. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and love endures because it's a choice. Mary felt that choice of love. Do you imagine the relief she felt when Joseph came to her and said, we're getting married? How loved and cared Mary must have felt. Because her man, he stepped up. Let's sacrifice. Let's, let, let's sacrificially love like that. To love even if it brings shame on us and maybe is a little undignified, whether it's loving people who are not so loving, a homeless person, a person struggling with mental illness, a criminal, those who've hurt you, for loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts. Joseph also is an example in the sacrifice of control to follow God's way. An angel explained God's way to Joseph in verse 21 of of Matthew chapter 1, explaining how she can be conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, the angel says to Joseph, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, and that's found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which we Thing about God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph was a man of action, willing to take control and do what was needed to be done. Yet there came a point where he sacrificed his control to follow God's way. Joseph knew the cost. His reputation would never be the same. And he would never hold that prominent place in his family. See, Jesus and Mary would take center stage. And he gave up being intimate with Mary until after Jesus was born. How could Joseph make that sacrifice? Three steps. Joseph made the choice to trust God. Write down Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Joseph decided to trust God more than what's made human sense. See, it's believing in God and his character and his way, even if it doesn't make human sense. Now, that there is a line between faith and presumption, and we need to figure that out, and it's different in each situation. We need to trust God and get counsel and look at God's word. But sometimes it doesn't make sense. This whole thing about a baby being born without two people coming together was, woo, never happened. 
But God said so, and they believed it. Now, sometimes it's easy to step over in the presumption side, like when we say, well, I'm just going to give all my money to God, and then I'm not going to worry about my bills because he will take care of it. That's presumption. Scripture is really clear about us being good stewards of the resources he has given to us. But Joseph made the choice to trust God. That's how he was able to make that sacrifice. As well, Joseph yield, yielded, saying, not my will, but yours, God. Jesus made those very same word claims in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he knows he's going to the cross because he's God. He knows everything. He knows the pain, the suffering, and all that he's going to go through. And he, In the garden, he kneels down and prays with great intensity, God, take this from me. And then he pauses. And he says very clearly, not my will, but yours, Father. And we need to come to that same point where we yield like Joseph and say, not my will, God, but yours. That's tough sometimes. Not only that, Joseph paid the cost. Paid the cost that life would be difficult, that he would have to live and deal with the shame and the struggle. And there would need, be need some major self-control because a sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it costs. There's a great story. Uh, you want to write down this down. It's Second Samuel chapter 24. Really, it's the, the whole chapter, but verse 24. Uh, Jesus is, or, 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 excuse me, David, uh, Joseph's great, 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 great grandfather, um, was asked to sacrifice. And he came to this place, a field and, and some oxen that he needed to sacrifice. And he's ready to go get them. And, and the guy who owned all this said, oh, you're the king. I'm just going to give it to you, David. And David said, no. He knew that a sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it costs something. And he said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. So he paid for the field and paid for the oxen and performed his sacrifice. It's going to cost Joseph was willing to pay the cost, and he did. See, all of life, we are going to face this opportunity of sacrifice. And the question is, will we yield to follow God's way and God's plan? The truth is, loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts. And God has an, an amazing plan in life for us, an incredible life, if we would be like Joseph and sacrifice control to follow God's way. See, to love is to sacrifice. And loving sacrifice leads to life-changing gifts like Mary. And let's be like Mary. Let's be like Mary who modeled the sacrifice of self to believe God and, and, and as she modeled the sacrifice of surrender to serve God. But let's also learn from Joseph who is an example of the sacrifice of embracing shame to love another and the sacrifice of control to follow God's way. This, this gift of sacrifice will be life-changing and make this Christmas a life-giving Christmas. We have the opportunity, just like Mary and Joseph, just like Jesus, to extend loving sacrifice, to interact with this gift of Christ and to know it more. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the example 
of Mary and Joseph. Lord, as they, with all their hopes and dreams and excitement of getting married and starting a family and all the things that they had hoped and dreamed about for years. And then, Lord, you showed up and asked them to make an incredible sacrifice, a sacrifice that would change the world. And they were willing. Lord, maybe we be willing. Maybe willing to to make the sacrifice to know you more and to love our neighbors, to, to do the good works that you've called us to do and to follow you. Maybe willing to sacrifice for others, and even to protect them in love. Lord, may that gift of sacrifice be, a loving sacrifice be given in abundance from us this Christmas. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen.